Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Not human wisdom, not man's wisdom, not woman's wisdom. Anything apart from God is foolishness, and we know that. But I just, I want to remind you this morning that the best way is God's way, always. He always knows best. The only way forward. Last week we talked about forgiveness and we stayed there for the whole message because I feel like we needed it. I'm going to review that. How many were in here last week? Would you raise your hand? Probably the bulk of you. Okay. How many were not here last week? Raise your hand. There's a few of you. Okay. There's a few that weren't here last week. I'm going to do a brief review of my first point. So my first point from last week, and how many of you know that forgiveness is God's wisdom for your life? Pastor Jen just talked about how you have received God's forgiveness. And the only way you can receive God's forgiveness completely and accurately and com- totally is by forgiving other people. Somebody say amen in this house. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty-five. Mark eleven twenty-five. So let's go on down to that last verse and that push on down there. Screen folks, if you don't mind. Yes. But when you are praying, Jesus said, someone say Jesus said. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Some texts actually add, if you don't forgive, he will not forgive you. And that's based upon what this says. If you have a grudge, if you need to forgive someone, forgive so that your Father in heaven will forgive you because if you don't, he won't. Now you were not built for unforgiveness ever. Unforgiveness brings physical sickness, emotional sickness it does damage to your mind it does damage to your mind your will and your emotions it messes with you i said this last week and i'll say it again nobody is worth going to hell over say i'm not going to forgive them i no they don't deserve my forgiveness remember i say it again it's been said many times by much wiser preachers men and women of god over the years it's not an original statement i've heard it before Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the person that you're mad at dies. That doesn't make any sense. It's hurting you. It's hurting you. You say, but you don't know what they did. Well, I do know this, that every sin we've ever committed was personal to God. That became my great revelation over 20 years ago. And having grown up in it, hearing the word, knowing the word, You know, kind of being proud, probably as a kid, going, man, why are we always talking about forgiveness? I've already forgiven. Why does Jesus bring, why did he bring it up so much? I'm humbled to say that now, that I really know for sure why Jesus brought that up so much and why it's in Scripture so much. is because you're going to need that lesson in life. You say, I've forgiven. Well, you're going to have to forgive again, aren't you? I've already forgiven. The time is coming. It could be today, tomorrow, next month. You're going to have to forgive Again, someone say again. You will. You'll have to forgive again. When you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And Pastor Jen mentioned this morning, wisely, we've got to forgive ourselves. If there is someone at the sound of my voice this morning that says, you know what though, Pastor Matt, I haven't completely forgiven myself. Today is that day. You need to forgive yourself. And I'm going to bring that up again in a moment because it's so very important. I just want to review some of these verses. Let's go to Colossians 3.13. 
Make allowance for each other's faults. Make room, make space for people to make mistakes. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive what? Others. you got to forgive people who offend you. Let's go to Luke 6.37. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be what? Everybody in the house say, forgive others, and you will be forgiven. You've got to forgive people so that you can be forgiven. You say, that is that a selfish motive? I don't care what it is, man. You, you obey the Lord, do what he says, because you will benefit, I promise. You'll be free if you forgive. You don't ever want to stay stuck in the mud of unforgiveness. Anybody ever gotten a vehicle stuck in something? It's stressful. Say, man, I can't get out of this thing. It, I remember years ago, we were on the beach, my wife and I. We like going to the beach. It's a place of peace and rest. It touches all five of your physical senses. You hear the ocean, you see the ocean, you can smell the water and the, I guess the fish and the salt and you can feel the wind on your skin. I guess you could taste the salt if you get out there and you, you do, right, if you swim in it. You can touch the sand and feel the sand beneath your feet. It's so special. But I remember one day there were some guys, they parked in the area. Well, it was it was basically low tide area. Are you familiar with that? Just parked right out there with a truck. And I'll never forget, Jen goes, hey, baby, you see that truck? Look at where they're parked. And we basically looked at each other and said, let's see what happens. Well, later on, the tide came in, and guess what? The truck started to sink in the sand. And it was only the two right tires, the front right and the right rear, but that truck was doing this. And I remember those guys finally got that truck out of the wet sand, but it was a mess. Walking in unforgiveness is like being stuck in wet sand. It's like walking in wet concrete. You say, man, I can't get anywhere. You have to simply humble yourself and say, Lord, you've forgiven me, so I'm going to forgive. It's that simple. You've forgiven me, so I'm going to forgive. And after I make this statement, I'm feeling led to do something again this morning. You can't be right with God without forgiving. Do you hear me? You can't. That's what, based on what we just read, you can't be right with God without forgiving. You must forgive, dear, dear man and woman of God. You must, dear brother and sister, you must forgive. Now, I know we did this last week. I'm not going to call you to the altar to do this, but everyone, go ahead and stand to your feet. I feel like this is very important, and I feel like it takes more than once sometimes. Go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes just for a moment. If there is anyone in here at the sound of my voice, I'm not calling you to the altar. This is in the middle of the message. We're reviewing our first point from last week. But if there is anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that says, Pastor Matt, I need to either forgive someone or forgive myself. Hear me again. Forgive someone or forgive myself. God bless you, sir. You had that hand up so quick. Would you raise your hand this morning? I'm going to pray with you and for you. There's more than one in this house. I know there is. Wow. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you today for your courage. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I forgive myself. You died on the cross for me. You forgave me, so I forgive myself. And because you forgave me, I forgive those 
Or I forgive that person who has hurt me. Say, I forgive. Cleanse me, Lord. Forgive me again. I'm sorry for walking in unforgiveness. But today forward, I forgive. I walk in the light of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning, if you would, please. That's so important. You say, man, that's so simple. Why we do that again? Because, see, there were people in here that said, I need to forgive myself or forgive others. Go ahead and be seated in God's presence once again. What does Ephesians 4.32 say, just to sum that up? Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, doing what? Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There it is again. Forgive because God has forgiven you. You can't be right with God without forgiving. Now let's go to John chapter 15, verse 5. This is so important. John 15, verse 5. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them, someone, those, someone say those who remain in him. Mm -hmm. He said, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me read that again. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He is the source, he's the only way. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. Jesus speaking here, for apart from me, you can do what? Zero. You can do nothing apart from Jesus. Say, well, okay, so if I stay connected to Jesus, I can bear fruit. There's lots of ways to bear fruit. Man, you can lead people to Jesus. But also, there's something called fruit of character. And that's the fruit of the Spirit here, given to us by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Galatians 5.22. This is a good review. You say, man, I know this already. Well, we've got to live it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Oh, and the last one, someone say self-control. There is no law against these things. Self-control. Hmm. Someone say that again. Say self-control. Let's go to Proverbs 16.32. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Let's go to Proverbs 25, 28. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Let's hang out right there. You ever dealt with someone that just couldn't seem to control themselves? Maybe you've been through seasons of life. You said, man, I really struggled with my self-control, whether it was with substances or dealing with other people, my responses to people, uh, my sudden urges. Now, look, I'm not beating anyone up who has ever struggled with mental issues. But at some point, did you know you can get that renewed with God's help? You can. You say, man, Pastor Matt, you don't understand. I'm on meds. You don't have to be on meds for the rest of your life. You don't. And I'm not telling you today by the Spirit of God to get off your meds, but at some point you can wean yourself off and be drug-free. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it happen. You know, like the song says, man, I've seen the dead raised, and I've seen people get healed of cancer, and I've seen, man, I've seen people come off their meds clean. I've seen those do it 
cold turkey, and I've seen people wean themselves off. And God can do it because did you know you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life if you've accepted Jesus? I don't know why I'm bringing that up today. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Parents have, when they're doing a a good job, you say, man, even a moderately good job, they teach kids self-control. But I do know that Scripture teaches it. And when we're taught of the Lord, then we have great peace. Scripture says that. So here's what I admonish you with today. Slow down and think. You're struggling with anger? Slow down. Remember uh, TV shows growing up, and you probably heard it, and you probably saw people do it. They count to 10 before they speak, or count to 10 when they're getting upset about something. How about this? How about humbling yourself when you get angry? Because many times, our anger, Scripture says, our anger does not work the righteousness of God. It doesn't. You ever been involved in a situation where your anger, man, set everybody else on fire, and it was one thing led to another, and it got worser and worser, like Dad Brown says. Someone say, worser and worser. This is not an English class, right? But worser and worser. It got worse and worse, and one thing led to another. Oh, man, Scripture says, Scripture says the tongue is such a small member, says in the, in the, in the book of James, but, man, it can start great fires. And it's set on fire of hell itself. Most fights, physical fights, word fights, people cursing at each other, it started with words usually. I mean, once in a while it's like, what are you looking at? But see, it really didn't start with the look. It started with someone saying, what are you looking at? Just some simple thing. Or what's wrong with you? Or why'd you and, and being hateful. We've got to learn to control ourselves. Only God can help you with that. I'm telling you today is the day where you say, Father, you help me because it's your wisdom. It is God's wisdom for you to walk in self-control. Oh, it's it's God's wisdom for you to walk in forgiveness. But look how that is tied into self-control. Self-control says, you know what? I can choose to forgive. I can choose to treat people right no matter how they treat me. I can choose to walk in God's love. I can choose, according to Ephesians chapter 3, to be rooted and grounded in God's love. So slow down and think. You get upset, man, pray. You say, man, Pastor Matt, you don't know. This kid tries me, this, this husband of mine, this wife of mine. They are trying me all the time. My boss is messing with me. I got a coworker that calls me names. I knew a guy years ago. And he exercised self-control, wasn't even saved. But he, he kind of had a big nose. And it's the way God made him. I, I never even noticed. He brought it up. But he, he brought up how there was a guy that growing up would come to their house, and you know what he would call him? You can get free this morning because if this guy wasn't even saved and could forgive and get over, get over it, and exercise self-control, then you having Jesus in you, you can, living within you by his spirit, you can exercise self-control. He said, man, you know what? I hated this guy. He would come over to our house, and in Spanish, he would call me witch. He said, yeah, because of my nose. I said, man, that would, up, that would upset anyone. I mean, there's lots of stuff you could call me because I'm bald-headed, right? And lots of stuff. I'm not worried about it. I, I've been called Mr. Clean. I thought, oh, that's a compliment. He's big and bald and strong. Has two pirate earrings, you know, tall and muscular. That, that doesn't bother me. 
But man, this really offended him because he was conscientious about his nose. We have body parts we're conscientious about. But this guy controlled himself, and he said, man, he said, I used to want to punch this guy. Imagine just punching him in his face so many times, but I never did it. He controlled himself. He wasn't even saved. How many of you know you can control yourself? You can. So, no, I flew off the handle, and I did. I naturally, naturally have a hot head. I have my moments. But I'm going to tell you right now, with God's help, I am controlled. And when I mess up, I ask the Lord to forgive me. But I treat my wife with loving kindness. I do. And once again, I make mistakes. But I always go out of my way to treat my wife with kindness and to treat others with kindness. And this is going to lead us into our next point here in a moment. But remember, you have the power to control yourself, especially if you're saved. You have the power to control yourself. Let me read that verse again, Proverbs 25, 28, if you would, please. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. What do broken down walls denote? It means wild animals can get in. It means the enemy can attack and not be stopped. It means wind can blow in there and all kinds of other stuff. You have no defense. In the same way, if you're not walking in self-control, man, that opens the door to demons and problems of all kinds. Can you hear me today? Say, man, I'm just, I just have no self-control. Well, that flesh eventually can lead to an area of demonic oppression. You guys have learned, many of you have taken spiritual warfare class with pastor. Man, you don't want to be in a place of self-control. You can control yourself, and that is the wisdom of God. So slow down and think, pray. Someone told me years ago, make sure your brain is engaged before you speak. Before you act, make sure you're slowing down and thinking about it. What I'm doing or saying, is it going to have consequences? And I know we've all been to the point where we're beyond that. You go, I don't care what happens. I'm going to just speak my mind, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to hit them, or I'm going to tell them off, or I'm going to take this. Uh Uh-uh. You can control yourself. Say, Someone say, I can, with God's help, control myself in Jesus' name. Now this ties into something else. Let's go to Matthew 7, verse 12. This is such a powerful, powerful, powerful thing, this golden rule. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. This is Jesus speaking. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, you may have heard it said, maybe you've said it, is no, I cussed at him because he can handle it. Huh, really? I remember years ago, a young lady told me, and I watched her. She was very, very impatient with people over the phone. She was impatient with people in person. Man, she would dress people down over any little thing. Man, she had, she had I, I guess you could say a temper, but man, she had a short fuse. And she would get upset with people and humiliate them. But then one day she said something that really caught my attention. She said, I just can't handle it when people lose their cool with me and they're impatient with me. I can't handle it. And she would even tell me how she'd gotten on someone over the phone about the cell phone bill or something and got got impatient with them. And I thought, wait, so if you can't handle it, why should they be forced to handle it? Is someone listening to me today? You say, well, this is just my personality. Well, this goes back to self-control then. 
I'm just tired. No, look, we, we, we all need a grace pass sometimes. Man, some of us can be on edge when we're tired. We say things. We do stuff. I've heard people say, even great people say, man, you know what? I didn't have a filter. I was upset. I was tired. Hey, man, that's okay. There's forgiveness for that. We move on. But why would you treat someone that way if you don't want to be treated that way? Now, if you're saying, no, I want to be cussed at, well, that's between you and God. That just sounds crazy. Or I want to be treated with impatience. That's between you and God, okay, brother and sister? Really? If we get down to it and we're honest with ourselves, we want to be treated with love and respect. We want to be admired. We want to be treated with kindness. We want to be treated like Christ treated others. And so if you want someone to treat you good, look how basic this is. This is God's wisdom. You treat folks well. Why? Well, forgiveness, self-control, and doing to others. You know what I've noticed? There are benefits to you. If you work well and do well in these areas of forgiveness, self-control, and doing unto others, you can put that on the screen, do unto others. <laughs> if you do well in these areas, then it benefits you. It benefits your relationships with other humans, and it benefits your relationship with God. Always walking in forgiveness and self-control and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. It benefits you, your relationship with others and God. But if you don't, if you walk in a lack of wisdom, you walk in foolishness in these areas that I'm discussing today. Then you're hurting yourself, you're hurting others and you're hurting your relationship with God. Let's go back to Matthew 7, 12. I love what Jesus said here. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Jesus said that in reference to something else as well in Scripture. And that was loving God and loving others, huh? When you love God and love others, you will do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Is that correct? Man, I treat people with respect. There's a list of things that I like, and you should take an inventory sometime. If I bring them up, I think you'll agree with me and go, no, I do like that, I respect that, I enjoy that. Do you like when someone remembers your name? Well, unless you're on the run and you have open warrants. I don't want people to know who I am. I remember, man, during, during COVID, some people were, they were resentful that the masks stopped. I, there was a guy came to church one day that was so covered up with masks, I didn't know who he was. It's like they were hiding. No, most of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but just look at me real good here. Most of us want people to remember our name. Does that touch you? It always blows me away when someone remembers my name. Like, hey, Matt. Hey, Matthew. Ma isn't your name Matthew? I walk, I walk our neighborhood, our extended neighborhood with our dog. You've heard these dog examples. Me and crew, we walk, and he's so cute. People say, oh, he's so cute. One guy said, what kind of dog is that? Is that he looks like a snuffleupagus. I said, it kind of does, huh? The snuffleupagus. You remember that one? It's a cross between something and something. He just, he's a cute dog. But we go through the neighborhood, and I've met people in the months that I've walked him. About five months now, all kinds of walking with that dog. And I love it when I, I love it when I remember their name. And it, it doesn't bother me when they forget my name. Many people see me again, and they remember the dog's name. They don't remember my name. <laughs> like, hi, crew. I'm, I'm so sorry. What's your name again? I'm not as cute as him. I'm Matthew, but that's okay. Just, you remember his name. That's fine. I go through the neighborhood, and I'm like, hey, Jim. Hey, Bob. I, hey, Jaime. Really, those are real names in the neighborhood. 
And some of them won't, won't remember my name. And that's fine with me because it's important to me that people remember my name. So I remember theirs. And it touches my heart and I pray it touches their heart. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Look at this foolish thing. And this happened before COVID. I'm sure during COVID they would have hung these folks. But do you guys remember right before COVID, I think it was in 2019, people were going to the store and they were recording it on, for TikTok and different stuff and they were opening up ice creams and licking them. Do you guys remember that? Now, you don't have to be a germaphobe to think that is absolutely disgusting. And people were doing that and laughing and posting it up. And they got charged with crimes over that. I don't know if that's a felony or what. Is that a felony? It's a misdemeanor. Is it a high court misdemeanor? Maybe. I don't know. I'm talking like I know. I don't know. Got a judge in the family. I want to just talk legal lingo. But can you imagine? Say, oh, I did that to someone. Well, would you like them to do that to you? That's so irritating. We have, we have uh, ring cameras at our house. And you guys, you guys are familiar with those now? But I get notifications on ring that there's somebody in town that's been stealing packages from someone's door or going to their house and checking all the doors on the car to see if they're, they're locked. And I'm thinking, I know some of those folks are involved with drugs. Some of them are trying to get something to sell it so they can go do some drugs. But man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to someone because I don't want them to do that to me. Can you imagine me as a pastor going up to people's houses and going, man, well, what packages they got from Amazon today? What's in here? Might be some good swim trunks I could use or a good razor blade or something. Some deodorant. I'm short on, I hope one of these packages has deodorant. I'm running low. Man, I really want to treat others in a, in a way that would give honor to God. I want to treat others as I want to be treated. And I want to make that a habit. So here's what I want to say today. It is our calling as believers. Let's, let's have a brief review here. Let's our calling as believers to forgive. Someone say, I choose to forgive. Mm -hmm. It's our calling as believers to walk in self-control. It's one of the fruits, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And I know God is going to help you with that. And I know that's, it's been made plain to you today, I believe, and I pray through God's Word and the ministry of the Word. And I believe we're called to practice this as believers, and that is according to what Scripture says. Whether I believe it or not, it's what Scripture says. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Are these important things? Are these the wisdom of God? Oh, yeah, because human wisdom says, I don't get mad, I get even. Well, that's a lie. People get mad and then they get even big liars right and full of anger and and trying to attack people and pay them back people say if it feels good do it that that's from probably the 60s and the 70s and it's still around say man whatever i want to do i'm going to do it well that's that's a lack of self-control and then others go well i'm going to treat people however i want in the moment which is a lack of self-control but it's also not doing unto others as you want to be you know not treating others as you want to be treated so we know all of this is God's wisdom, and I pray that it sits well in your heart, and it stays there, and it germinates, and it grows into something amazing, and that you continue to grow in God. 
and you continue to walk in his character. Because this, how many of you know we need help from God for our character? I told the Lord this morning, I said, Lord, please help me. Help me not only deliver this message, but let me be an example of your character and your light. I want to be salt and light. Most people don't like food without salt. Right? Most people. There are those that not too much. I'm one of those. I don't want too much salt, but I like salt. The proper amount. We've got to be salt and light on this planet because you have you seen stuff lately? It's the world is not getting better. So we've got to get better in God, okay? So go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, if you would, please. That is the wisdom of God as you improve in character and, and you renew your mind with his help. That is the wisdom of God. And you treat people right and you forgive and you operate in self-control. Is there anyone in this house that says, you know what, Pastor Matt, all this is great, but I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life? If that is you, you say, man, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. If that's you today, would you please raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you for your courage. Get those hands up. Anybody? God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Oh, heaven will rejoice today. Heaven will rejoice. Thank you. In support of those who raised their hands this morning, I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. So please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. See, I confess and believe, and I say it out loud, that Jesus is my Lord. He is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe He died and rose again for me, for my sin. I receive you, Jesus, into my life, into my heart, into my actions, into my day-to-day, into everything that relates to me. I receive you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me from hell and from my sin. In Jesus' name.